Grace and peace in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or a first-time visitor, it is a joy to be able to worship with all of you this day. Today we continue our sermon series, We Didn't See It Coming. We will stay in the book of Genesis and hear the story of Sarah, an old woman who was promised to bear a child, and her unexpected joy when that promise is fulfilled. Friends, worship is a space where we recognize that God dwells among us even in our difficulties and opens our eyes to the gifts and abundant love and life around us. So let us live into that space. Let us worship God together. Please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me in our responsive call to worship. Let us worship God, our light and our salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of our lives. We desire to live in God's house and seek God in his holy temple. We have come with shouts of joy to sing and to make music to the Lord. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. Let us worship God together. Like our ancestors, Abraham and Sarah, we are not perfect people. Yet God calls us to a life of faith and joy. So let us turn to God now and confess our sins using the prayer of confession 
as it is printed in your home worship bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. Let us pray. Merciful God, you pardon all who truly repent and turn to you. We humbly confess our sins and ask your mercy. We have not loved you with our whole heart, nor have we loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not done justice, loved kindness, or walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy on us, O God, in your loving kindness. In your great compassion, cleanse us from our sin. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. Do not cast us from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore us the joy of your salvation and sustain us with your bountiful spirit through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Friends, while it is true that we have sinned, it is a greater truth that we are forgiven through God's love in Jesus Christ. To all who humbly seek the mercy of God, I say, in Jesus Christ, your sin is forgiven. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Hey there, young friends. It is great to see you. What is that you ask? What is next to me? Well, it's a balloon. And on the balloon, it says, happy birthday. Now, it's not my birthday or anybody's birthday that I know of. But the reason why I have a balloon is because it reminds me of our Bible story for today. The Bible story is about a woman named Sarah. And God promised that Sarah would have a son named Isaac. But it took a really long time for Sarah to have her son. And while she was waiting, she was really sad because she didn't think that it would eventually happen. But eventually, she did have a son. And she was really happy once Isaac was born on his birthday. She was filled with joy. And the reason why I have this balloon is because Sarah's joy reminds me of the joy that we have on birthdays. Birthdays are great. It is a reason to celebrate you on your birthday and to celebrate other people on their birthdays. And we celebrate people not because on their birthdays, not because they've done something or because they've won an award. We celebrate them on their birthdays because we're just so happy that they're born. We're filled with joy. That's the kind of love that God has for us. Love filled with joy that we are born just the way we are. And God loves you and is filled with joy because you were created by God. And so I hope you can remember that this week. And I hope that you can pick out something in your week and remember something that is as happy as a birthday. Do you think you could do that? Great. Okay. Would you mind praying with me? Please repeat after me. God, we thank you for birthdays, and for your joy. And we pray that you help us remember how much you love 
and celebrate us each day. Amen. Thanks, young friends. As we turn now to a time for scripture, let us prepare our hearts and minds in prayer. Let us pray. The Spirit is moving even now in new ways. And as we prepare our hearts to hear God's word, let us pray, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Our reading this morning comes from chapters 18 and 21 of the book of Genesis. Listen for the word of the Lord. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old, and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh, yes, you did laugh. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son, whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old, when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, Who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Genesis is a book of tales. The words that are used to make up the first 50 chapters in the book of the Bible are almost entirely words used to tell stories. And these stories have been passed down from generation to generation by skilled and passionate storytellers. It is almost as if the book of Genesis is like an elementary school librarian. As we open up our Bibles and thumb through the content section, we see the librarian step from behind her desk, pull a book off the shelf, and settle into her seat in the story time corner of the room. We find our chapter in verse as this orator clears her throat and takes the glasses that are hanging on a string around her neck and brings them up to her eyes. And as we settle into this experience, We look over our shoulders to find that we are not alone, 
but instead a semicircle has gathered in an instinctive way that is designated for a time of storytelling. We, the listeners, are ready. The story is ready. And our librarian takes a deep inhale and breathes out the word, Sarah. And our story begins. Up until this point in our text for this morning, the story of Sarah is one of disappointment. We do not know a lot about Sarah. But what we do know is that she's important. The combination of Sarai and Sarah is the most female used name in the Bible. We know that Sarah has traveled a long way. When we first meet Sarah in Genesis, she is in present-day Iraq. And over the course of her story, she travels north into Syria and south into Israel. And we know that she is old. And trust me, I'm not saying this as a young guy. Bible scholar Walter Brueggemann would rather I describe Abraham and Sarah by using his favorite phrase, as good as dead. But I think we get the point. There becomes a problem when God says that this important old traveler will bear Abraham a son to fulfill God's promise. Abraham and Sarah cannot expect this. They both believe that she is too old for that to physically be possible. So time becomes of the essence, and they wait for this promise to be fulfilled. And when a baby still does not come, they scramble, and they force Hagar, another woman, a slave, to become Abraham's wife, and she gives birth to a son. But God is resolute. Sarah will be the one to give birth to Abraham's child that will inherit Abraham's promise. In the end, 25 long years have passed from the time that God promised Abraham and Sarah a child to the time of our text for this morning. And as listeners, we can imagine what each year must have been like for Sarah. As the anniversary of God's promise approached on that first year, Sarah's gut must have been filled with anxious anticipation only to be left with dashed dreams. And with each flip of the calendar, Sarah's affect must have been changed from hope to salvation, from, from hope to hesitation, from promise to skepticism, from purpose to pain. She was promised life, but th for 25 long years, she only experienced the absence of it. She was left with disappointment. Now, as listeners to this story, still sitting at the feet of our librarian named Genesis, we recognize that we are not Sarah. We do not know what it is like to be a woman in the late Bronze Age, promised by God to bear a child, and after 25 long years worth of disappointment. But the brilliance of storytelling is that when we hear of Sarah's disappointment, we can empathize with her. We are pulled into the story and open ourselves up to the feelings of our own time. If listeners were to gather around our story, they would hear glimpses of disappointment and absence of hope. 
when I hear of folks talking about the future, and it can be as near of a future as September, I hear the strain within the phrases that have become familiar in conversation. It is too difficult to tell. It is hard to hope. It is painful to even think about. And when I hear the news about Jacob Blake, I feel a wave of countless emotions, of anger, confusion, of deep sadness. And we all are grappling with our nation's existential paradox that another black American was shot in the back by the people who were supposed to keep us safe. And when we pray for family members, friends, and even ourselves, we bear witness to the lived realities of daunting illness, consuming addiction, or compounding stress and mental challenges. We are at a time in history, a time in our lives, where it is hard to look into the future. It is hard to hope. It is hard to hold on to promise. Like Sarah, our future has been like a rug swept out from under us, and the present is not what we were expecting to be left with. And I think it is in this moment, today, that Sarah's story is a gift of divine proportions. For in Sarah's disappointment, we find camaraderie. And in the joy that she experiences as we turn the pages of what will happen next, we find hope. Genesis is a book of tales. Genesis is also a book of creation. The book of Genesis starts with God creating the world in six days, then resting on the Sabbath, creating the Sabbath. God spoke the word light into a formless void, and there was light for the first time. God breathed life into clay, and humanity was born. When God acts, when God speaks, when God breathes, when God simply is in the world, creation is the result. And when we hear our text for this morning, we find another creation story. We have Sarah, this old, important traveler who has waited over 25 long years for God's promise to be fulfilled, who has waited for some positive turn of events, who has waited for a child, who has waited for the creation of life. And even in the midst of all that waiting, in the midst of all that disappointment, it finally happens even in her and Abraham's old age. For such a momentous and miraculous occurrence, it is announced almost as if, as if it is a matter of fact. The narrator tells us in the first two verses of our text in chapter 21, the Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. As Brueggemann would say, life was brought forth from those who were as good as dead. But it is through our character, Sarah, that we find the invitation to experience this climactic moment with her. 
It is as if we have been beckoned from the hospital waiting room and enabled to peer in through the door while waiting in the hallway. And what we see is a woman, draped in loose clothes, skinned hardened from roads well-traveled, tears down the side of her face bearing witness to the struggles that she has had, and a full-mouthed smile proclaiming the joy of this encounter. And we see a son, a child, balanced on the knees of this woman, eyes wide staring straight into the loving attention of his mother. And what we hear is laughter. Laughter. So much laughter. So much laughter that they name this child laughter. The Hebrew word for laughter, Yitzhak, or Isaac. Joy himself, Isaac. A child called laughter has been born and is present among them. And in the middle of all this laughter, we can hear Sarah saying something softly, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. Friends, we have us before today a creation story. One where God brings forth a child called laughter into the world and in so doing, an utterly disappointed woman is able to experience the unexpected joy. This child born in the physical this child born is the physical representation of a divine promise fulfilled, a hope realized, the possibility that joy is always around the corner if it is not felt in the present. And when we hear this story, we are invited to laugh, too. A couple of weeks ago, I was on vacation with Elizabeth and her family. And while there, we celebrated our nephew's second birthday. He is a happy little fellow. And he will let you know with pats on the head and hugs and the occasional screech of excitement. After the happy birthday streamers were taped to the wall, Hats and whistles were set on the table, and a beautiful life-size card was made by his big sister. The man of the hour waddles into the room, not knowing entirely what was going on, but quickly realized that there was cause for celebration. We broke out into shouts and songs, wishing him a happy birthday, and responded with an expression of, and he responded with an expression of joy only a two-year-old can muster. A combination of wiggles and bursts of sentences comprising mostly of the word yay. He was surrounded by an outpouring of joy simply because he was born. And in that moment, it was a pocket of salvation for all of us who were present on a Thursday afternoon in the middle of a pandemic. A birthday is a perfect example for what God's joy is like for us. A birthday is a cause for celebration, not because of what we have done or what, we, what use we provide, but simply because we were created in this world as a unique being of God. Like Isaac, 
we are a cause for laughter. And through the story of Sarah, we are reminded of a simple and transforming truth. That our God is a God who creates joy, not just for Sarah, but for all of us. And that even when we face disappointment and the absence of hope, we do not feel the joy ourselves. That is okay. Because our God is a God who creates and a God who knows the realities we face each day. And that God still provides hope for joy anyway. For listen to the old traveler herself. God has brought forth laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. Let it be so. Amen. Please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me as we affirm our faith through the words from A Brief Statement of Faith. Together, let us state what we believe. We trust in God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father. In sovereign love, God created the world good and makes everyone equally in God's image of every race and people to live as one community. But we rebel against God. We hide from our Creator. Yet God acts with justice and mercy to redeem creation. In everlasting love, the God of Abraham and Sarah chose a covenant people to bless all families of the earth. Hearing their cry, God delivered the children of Israel from the house of bondage. Like a mother who will not forsake her nursing child, like a father who runs to welcome the prodigal home, God is faithful still. In gratitude to God, Empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. Friends, as we seek to know our God, who is present among us in our difficulties and present in our joy-filled days, we turn now to a time of prayer. I invite you to turn to our part of the Home Worship Bulletin entitled, A Pause for Prayer. We invite you to take out a pen and paper or turn to the people you are worshiping with and answer some of the following questions before we come back together to have a collective time for prayer. The questions are as followed. Where have you seen joy this week? What was a disappointment for you this week? How might you be a source of joy for someone else this week? We invite you to write down your responses or have a conversation with the people you're worshiping with and pause the video. And when you are ready, you can unpause the video and join us together for a collective time for prayer. The psalmist reminds us of the importance to be still, for it is in that stillness that we are drawn into a deeper understanding of God. So in the quiet of this moment, let us open our hearts and minds to the presence of God. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, we give you thanks for the gift of this day, for knowing our needs better than we do ourselves 
for loving us without ceasing. We are an imperfect people. We fall short, we may even turn away, but you, you remain constant, steadfast. Thank you for your faithfulness. Just as you did with Abraham and Sarah, you shower us each day and throughout our lives with the gifts of unexpected joy. Joys as vast as a rainbow in the sky after a summer storm. Joys as fleeting as the shimmer of morning sunlight on the water. And joys as sustaining as a loved one's embrace. Give us eyes to see them all, Lord. Like a child on Christmas morning, make us eager to discover your next treasure. Give us hearts that overflow with gratitude for each and every blessing you provide. We pray for this world that you created, Lord. It's often hard to see your joy through all the hatred and division and fear which gets in the way. We pray for all people in the midst of turmoil and unrest. We pray for those who have lost loved ones to senseless violence. And this day we pray especially for black Americans afraid for their lives following the shooting of Jacob Blake. Lord, we ask that you give us your eyes to see and your ears to hear the needs of our brothers and sisters everywhere. Help us to discern that which matters. Give us courage and the wisdom to act. We pray for peace, Lord. We pray for the leaders of all nations, countries, states, and communities. There is so much uncertainty when we think of tomorrow. It makes us feel nervous. It makes us feel vulnerable. Guide these leaders in their decisions, Lord. Help them make choices they can be proud of. Not a pride born of this world, but one which reflects your ways, your truth, and your love. We ask your wisdom and guidance for educators and administrators and church leaders making really hard decisions about returning to classrooms and sanctuaries and colleges. Decisions which have the potential to affect the lives and health of many. These are challenging times and we ask you to make light their burdens as they wrestle with these important matters. We pray for our first responders and frontline workers. We are so grateful, Lord, for people who knowingly put themselves in harm's way for our sake and safety. Protect them from danger. Be with those fighting deadly fires in California, those helping neighbors in Louisiana and Texas in the wake of Hurricane Laura, those caring for elderly and infirmed patients isolated by the COVID virus, those seeking peace on the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin. Lord, we each know people who are hurting right now. You know them too. We pray for those who are lonely for lack of family hugs, disappointed over altered or canceled plans, suffering with an illness, grieved over the loss of a loved one. Help them to know your healing love. Wrap your arms around them that they might feel your presence. Lift them up out of their despair. And where possible, Lord, help us to be your hands and your feet to bring them comfort. Guide us as we seek to reflect your perfect light into this world, to shine with your love 
and illuminate the darkness. And as we continually seek to follow Jesus in our daily life, let us together say the prayer he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, the power of Sarah's story is that our God is a God who dwells among us in our difficulties and disappointments. Yet God is a God who creates joy, even in the midst of those realities. And I pray that you may know that joy, if not today, but tomorrow. The joy of a God who cherishes you each day. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those whom you're called to love, this day and forevermore. Amen. Trusting in this word that you shall be.